All right, on this episode of Bouts Talking Bouts, excited to be chatting with an individual who is very prominently featured at Unified MMA 55 and challenging for that Unified MMA featherweight title and should be an intriguing headliner as John Wynn and Matteo Vogel test skills on January 19th and great having Matteo on the show. How are you doing, man? You having a solid day? Oh, yeah, man. Just having a chill day. Did some pads with, uh, just finished up with Food Jeff. You know, we went through the, did a quick five fives and, you know, we're feeling on top of the world right now, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a great way to start off the year, man, just with it being, you know, unified, which a lot of people understandably regard as, like, the big show in Canada now, and just with, like, the UFC event being the next day, like, when did you initially get word about this fight? I imagine you were excited when this bout offer came your way, but just curious to get some thoughts and insights there. Oh, man, you're fighting on UFC weekend, I'm fucking pumped. Like, uh... Yeah, is that, you know, like, there's a thing, starting the year off with a fight, starting it off right, you know, it's, uh, gives you a goal right, right off the get-go, like, something to focus on, you know what I mean? Uh, we're trying to year-round regardless, but yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped to have a fight at the beginning of the year and to be fighting on UFC weekend alongside, uh, you know, all the great Canadian fighters fighting the next, uh, the next night, as well as on Unified too, right? You got, like, it's, uh, it's the most stacked Unified card I've seen in a while. Yeah, no, super deep event, and I mean, a great venue, too. Like, I've seen some of the prospect fighting championship shows from that space, so yeah, it should be an awesome venue that'll lend itself to the stacked card also, I think. Yeah, and uh, to be, bro, we're, we're going to send this thing off with a bang. Like, this is my first time fighting on a main event as well, so this is why I'm super pumped. Like, it gets big attention, it's on UFC weekend, and uh, right, the, the boss will be watching. I, want, I, I can't wait to make an impression. Right? The second chances don't always come so quickly. In this case, it did, right? Yeah, well, it's an interesting situation in that sense because I felt like a certain amount of people were surprised by the verdict in your Contender Series outing the last time against Timothy Kuamba there in August. So it seems like this really gives you that second chance you were talking about in a big way. Well, I think so too, but like... Honestly speaking, after the last one, you could tell by Dana's reaction. You could tell by, you know, all the organization's reaction. Uh, talking to the other UFC fighters, everybody thinks that I won. Like everyone knows that was bullshit, man. Like uh, it was, it was not an ideal situation. I'm not taking the blame off of myself. Obviously, like you know that I left that in the judges' hands, and that was the issue. You're fighting the fucking hometown guy, uh, but yeah, like I, I feel like everybody knew that that was bullshit. Regardless whether the result was uh, legitimate or not, like uh, it's still a big learning experience for me to to fight on that level, fight on that stage, and and to uh, to experience that and, and know what I have to do going into it. Yeah, well, that's just it. I mean, I imagine it would more, I guess, suffice or rather serve the master of kind of like washing that taste from your mouth because, like you said, it did seem like a lot of people were you know, thinking you won that one. So, yeah, I mean, this seems like a, yeah. We trended on Twitter after that. Like, Vogel was trending on Twitter for, for the next, like, uh, what was it? It was still for, like, five, six hours afterwards. We were trending on Twitter and sports. And, like, and the amount of people saying it's a robbery, aside from a couple of fucking dumbasses saying the opposite, right? But, like, there was, there was, there was a heavy, heavy, uh, I was absolutely shocked at the amount of following that I, and support that I received right afterwards. Like, so much messages of support and just people like man you won that uh, and just the, the the ocean of twitter comments that i saw 
you know, it seemed to be it seemed to be heavily in in favor of, of what I believe too. Regardless to say, uh, who knows if that was a performance worthy of a contract, whether I won or not, right? Like I, I had spent the whole time chasing down a guy who didn't want to fight. So that did, that's not really exactly uh, what Contender Series is about. Right? Contender Series is about is about giving Dana a reason to sign you on the spot, right? So maybe, who knows if I was able if I proved that in that fight, given that I was chasing somebody down the whole time who didn't want to engage. But uh, yeah, man, that's it's live and learn. I said it in an interview yesterday. Like it was a, it was a big learning experience to to kind of end up being dragged into like a game that like I didn't fight the way I fight. If that makes sense. I mean, it's interesting you phrase it like that. I mean, just in the context of this upcoming opponent, John Wynn. I mean, it seems like a guy that would very much facilitate, you know, an exciting fight. I mean, he'll show a fight IQ in his own sense and not overextend. I don't mean it in that way. But just to say, I feel like he'll engage the fight a little more on paper, one would think. He'll yeah. fight with some balls, for sure. He's not going to do the same thing. Um, you know, and, and regardless of what, uh, what John does, like... Like I've told you guys in the past, I'm very focused on on myself and my own execution, right? So uh, it, it was a big learning experience in that that was the first time that somebody just ran from me the whole time, and you know that's on me. I have to make adjustments in my game and and work on cutting people off and work on taking the fight to somebody who uh, who has to run away. So there's been a, there's been big gains in my game, and I'm really excited to show that off and really show. The, the full Mateo on on January nineteenth. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel like it's a great position to do all that. Like you seem very emboldened by it being another chance to collect an important title on the Canadian scene. Just with you previously having that BFL belt, so yeah, it seems like a great one for the legacy in that sense. Just with the Canadian promotions, it absolutely does. And if, in in my opinion. For me to hold simultaneously, like uh, for me to be the BFL champion and to hold the unified belt, uh, I truly believe that that's that's the telltale sign that I'm the best guy in Canada. Like if that, that I think that's proof right there. If I can hold both of those belts, uh, that's nothing quite says I belong at the next level like like that. Yeah, and something that I mean, speaking to the point of different chances and opportunities, it seems like the UFC is looking to kind of ramp up that. Canada schedule in 2024 and everything like I saw Dave Shaw talking about that who kind of helms a lot of their Canadian events and it seems like he was discussing like I think like three or four events like something around there in Canada or at least some increased representation there so I mean that's a pretty cool notion too in the context of what you're you know looking to do and talking about other chances and all just fighting for the UFC in Canada and why wouldn't they because man look how strong our MMA scene is here in Canada like this is the thing this is the thing I'm saying all the time the Canadian scene is so damn so damn strong our guys are so great up here like I'm, I'm actually like I feel that I'm representing the like a, one of the best MMA scenes in the world like Canada like you see the, some of the talent coming out of Canada in the last year like man we're, we're coming onto the scene hot like we like we started off back with George St. Pierre obviously but like we're seeing like some true stars come out of Canada now, and I believe I'm going to be at the top of those guys. That's the thing. So to to fight on a show like this, knowing that there's Canadian cards coming, it makes me super optimistic and like super hungry going forward. Yeah, understandably so, man. And just kind of curious because I mean, 
some of the guys you were working with one of the last times we were talking at least around like BFL 76 like you were touting the work with guys like Fabio Holanda and also you know Charles Jordan as well as Diego Santos some good names there like are those individuals you're working with for this camp also you've been finding it is I work I've been working a lot with Charles this camp actually and and prior to that um myself and Charles work together every week as well as his brother though I work with Louis Jordan and uh, we have a strong little group of, uh, of guys that we that we uh, we have a little featherweight crew you know what I mean so to be exposed to that UFC uh, caliber so often it really I feel it's a real edge for me they're not just any UFC caliber like look the guys beat uh, the guys beating Kron Gracie and he's finishing Ricardo Ramos like first round you know what I mean like this is I'm, I'm not just uh, if that's not proof that I belong at that level like you know yeah, I mean, it's that iron sharpens iron classic adage for sure. And I mean, this I imagine this is probably the case pretty consistently just with how active you guys are and the kind of fights you're getting. But I mean, Louis on this unified card with you and then Charles readying to fight at UFC 297 in Toronto. I imagine that's really, you know, creating that, that collective uplifting of everyone just with the respective big fights lined up so close. It is. It's, it's really great. And we're in a situation right now where at Fight Factory... No one else has got anything booked, so basically it's all hands on deck uh, for my camp and fight factory. I have, you know, I have my full, uh, I got the full arsenal. I got my full exposure with Crew Jeff and with Peter as well. And I have my, I have my trusty wrestling coach Ilya Abalev. Um, if you've never heard of him, former uh, Canadian national team, one of the best Canadian wrestlers. Like he's my wrestling coach that I work with uh, uh, on a regular basis. So to have him. Uh, back in my corner and work closely with him has been a serious edge to, uh, to elevating my wrestling. Yeah, it seems like it's interwoven into that same idea we were talking about with like guys like Charles Jourdain and some of the guys you train with, like just in the sense of, I guess, the confidence and skill rising because of the caliber of people you're working with. So love to hear that, man. That's it, man. Like if you're not fighting with, like you're not sparring with guys that can kick your ass, like you're not getting better, you're not growing. And if you're not exposing yourself to the to the best of the best, like it's not even just for the sake of growth, but man, just like look at, Look, being around that mentality, being around other successful people, being around other great athletes, this is—it's an environmental thing as well. It's more than—it's more than just uh, you know skill and caliber and all that stuff. It's—it's it's just being in a surrounded, uh, surrounded by like-minded people, being in that incubator of success, so to speak. Yeah, I mean that's a great way to phrase it for sure, and you always do a good job of. You know, surrounding yourself with people like that. And I know you were talking a bit earlier, you know, about how you mostly focus on yourself and your own preparations. I guess with like the tape study component, is that like something more allocated to the coaches then? Have you checked out any of John Wynn? Just because, I mean, like I was saying before, kind of like that exciting sort of style, you know, as you have and whatnot. But like, how's the tape study and all, I guess? I always watch my opponents. Like, that's the thing. I say I focus on myself, yeah. But I'm also not stupid. I focus on my opponents as well. Like, I, I, all right, watch my opponents. The coaches watch the opponents. I've watched all of John's fights. Siri's watched all of my fights. But uh, like I said, I focus on my own execution. And I've, I've said this, like, time and time again, man. Like, look how many fighters have gone into fights with game plans. 
around your guy doing XYZ and then you stand across from that guy, you're in the octagon and then he doesn't do it. He doesn't do XYZ and then all of a sudden you're shitting your pants. You're like, oh, what do I do now? You know what I mean? Like this is, you, you have to be very flexible to be a great fighter, I feel like. And it's like, while it's nice to know what your opponent is good at and it's great to know his tendencies and to study, you have to, you have to have that, uh, that malleable mind that can switch on a dime. That's interesting. Did you feel like that was almost the case in your last fight? Because you were saying you were surprised by your opponent, like, running for most of the fight was... You know, he caught me off guard. Like, I thought Timmy would stand in a trade with me. Figured he's a sick striker, he's going to stand in a trade with me, and that's what I love. Um, I was not expecting this guy to disengage so much and to not want to fight. Because, like, bro, I spent my... I spent my however long preparing to fight somebody, not to chase them. And, you know, again, like, I'll own that. That's on me. It's not, it's not like, it's not for me to be a victim or, and, and say that, uh, you know, it was unfair or something. It's just like, you got to be flexible. You got to switch on a dime. Like, I expected my guy to do XYZ and he did it. So, shame on me for focusing too much on that. So, like I said, you got to, you got to, you have to train with a variety of opponents, but like, or uh, partners. But at the same time, like, be ready for anything. This is what this game is about. That's what's so exciting about MMA. MMA is not a... Is, MMA math never adds up. MMA math never adds up. MMA is an unpredictable sport. Like, you, you take a guy who's, who's never been finished by this guy, this guy, and this guy, and then suddenly uh, a guy who's lost to all his last opponents knocks him out. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, well said, man. I get where you're coming from i guess like kind of going back to a prior point though like you were talking about the increased confidence in the wrestling which i do find intriguing just because we've you know obviously talked over the years and like the nickname being carapato and the connotations of that just with like the submission grappling at the time and whatnot like how has this wrestling informed the overall mma game i would think it would embolden further confidence to get it to those kind of positions where your nickname kind of shines through but it also seems like the guys who have that wrestling acumen can be more expressive with also like the striking a bit too like how has the recent wrestling work informed your overall game i guess it's more it's matured it a little bit like I, i've come up under different wrestling coaches and uh, you know the games i've made in the past i've always been a pretty good wrestler i've always wrestled with high level guys but to be exposed closely to Ilya, so to work to work this way is more like I work in small groups with my coaches, myself, like two guys and a coach. Like it's a lot of it's a lot of close work in this camp. I'd say that's the main difference. And to have somebody like Ilya with like a doctor's mind who, who really just nitpicks you, he's very picky. He'll he'll pick on everything that you've kind of gotten away with and, and just kind of tighten up all the screws here and there and make everything perfect. Having a, uh, having that is actually made a real edge and we've changed my wrestling game up a bit too so like i said just maturing and and uh elevating it okay yeah no i mean i was just you know saying i appreciate the thoughts and you have a great mind for the game but just wanting to be mindful of your time man i'm curious if maybe you have a final thought to add as we're wrapping up here i think this is once again i've told you guys many times that every fight's going to be the combination of my hard work and and, and this and that but honestly like this is you're gonna see a mature Mateo um I can't wait to put on a show in front of a Canadian crowd again for the first time in years in uh 
you know, or for sorry, an Ontario crowd again for the first time uh, in years. I haven't fought in Ontario since before the pandemic, so I really want to. You know, this is gonna, we're gonna end this car with a boom. We're gonna blow the roof off of that place, and I'm gonna really show who the best featherweight candidate is. Yeah, it's an incredibly deep card and a great weekend for Canadian mixed martial arts. I really agree with what you're saying. Like, I think we're really poised for, like, a big era in the sport coming up. And January 19th, definitely stoked for that featherweight title fight. I'll be there at Rebel checking out that John Wynn fight, hopefully. But, yeah, until then, you have a good day, Mateo, and thank you for the time. You too, brother. Thanks for having me.